Welcome to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for this podcast is brought to you by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by FreshBooks, the fast and easy cloud accounting solution helping millions of small business owners save time invoicing and get paid faster. You can try FreshBooks right now for free. Just go to freshbooks.com slash twip and enter twip in the how did you hear about us section for a free trial. This week on TWIP, lackluster product announcements from the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. Also, a photographer gets sued by a model for inappropriate image use. It's Monday, January 12, 2015, and this is TWIP. And welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I'm your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Joining me today on this, I think this is the second show of 2015 to discuss the world of photography and more are a TWIP veteran, Mr. Derek Story, and a TWIP newbie, Mr. Lucas Passmore. Hey guys, how you doing? What up? Doing fantastic. Derek, Derek, it's always good to see you. I'm going to get to you, but I want to start with Lucas. Lucas, you've been on TWIP. We, you and I met in person the first time yeah. down in Los Angeles at Swing Studios. We were doing a model shoot down there, and uh, awesome photographer, humblingly awesome photographer, <laughs> I must say that you are. Um, but why don't you tell us about yourself, for the folks that may not have seen the fashion episode of This Week in Photo, tell us about yourself. Um, uh, again, my name is Lucas Passmore. I've uh, been a photographer since 2010. Um, I mainly concentrate on commercial fashion photography and what the difference is, is you know, kind of parsing out uh, different genres within fashion. So when you say fashion photographer, one conjures up images of like supermodels in like very, you know, like constructed couture outfits. Uh, and gracing the pages of like Vogue or W, yeah. and that certainly is an aspiration uh, for myself personally. But, but the kind of fashion photography that I do, mainly what I make my living on right now, is commercial fashion. So this is the kind of stuff that um, you'd see in lookbooks and catalogs. For instance, commercial fashion is Abercrombie, Levi's, Free People, Anthropology, Gap. That's commercial fashion, and that's kind of uh, what I'm doing. I'm kind of at a very, I'm at a very low uh, rung in the ladder in the industry, but um, being on the West Coast, so Southern California uh, and Los Angeles specifically, there is a lot of opportunity uh, for commercial fashion, uh, more so even than even in New York. I mean, New York is very, very high fashion uh, yeah. and editorial fashion. So for if you want any kind of um, commercial fashion endeavors, LA is a great place and it's a little, a little less intimidating than the Big Apple sometimes, so. Very cool, so very cool. I do. Well, we'll learn more about you. Uh, you yeah. and I are doing a webinar this Wednesday as we record this. So by the time, hopefully, unless you know there's some sort of natural disaster or something crazy happens, yeah. this show will drop Friday. We will already have done the webinar, so it will be live. So folks can head over to thisweekinphoto.com to see that, right? Yep. Uh, this Wednesday noon uh, Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can listen to my nasally drone go on and on and on about uh, getting your start and the first steps you want to take in fashion photography. I'll, I'll break it down, dissect it, demystify it all, and uh, with plenty of uh, uh, photo examples uh, that Excellent. I've taken and used. So 
and with the with the obligatory parental guidance sticker at the beginning of the presentation for folks that uh, are a little intimidated by anatomy, right? Yep, yep. There, fashion photography and uh, nude uh, nudes go kind of hand in hand. Yeah. Um, obviously, very tasteful, very artfully done, um, but it is a, it's a fact of the industry. Um, so uh, in, in the webinar, again, Wednesday, 3, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 12 yep. p.m. Pacific Standard, the, you may see a boob or two, so, so you know, no small children in the room. Yeah, so. yeah, there you go, there you go. Or immature adults, right? So. Or immature adults, <laughs> yes, <laughs> All right, well, speaking of immature... No, I'm kidding, Derek, so... <laughs> So, also on the show is my good friend, and he is my good friend, so I can tease him like that, Mr. Derek Story That's from right. The Digital Story and The Nimble Photographer. Hey, Derek, what is happening in your world? Uh, well, you know, we both just got back from Vegas. and uh, No, I didn't. A... You did. I, I skipped oh, it. Oh, you this... didn't go? No, no. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, did, I did the Neo in the Matrix. I dodged that bullet and stayed in California. Uh-uh. <laughs> Anyway, I just got back from Vegas, and uh, and I'm getting ready to head out to uh, Miami, actually, and Ooh. then from there to Havana. So January is a fun month. Lots wow. going on. Havana, huh? Why? Why? What's what's happening in Havana? Are you just going down there because you can now, or what? No, no, you can't now. the The, the rules haven't really changed that much. Uh, this was in the works for about six months. Okay. Uh, I'm leading a, a, a photography people-to-people uh, -people tour there, oh. which is one of the umbrellas in which you can do something in Cuba. So uh, we're going to uh, I'm going to fly into Miami, and then we get briefed and get our visa and all that, and go to Havana, and then I'll be uh, working there for two weeks. Very cool. Very so cool. I'm really awesome. looking forward to it. I really want to go. So I'm I'm pretty pretty jazzed. Pretty happy. Now, are this. are there any slots left on that for people to sign up for? Or are you completely booked out? Yeah, it's it's booked out, and there's like all sorts of kind of funky stuff you have to do. So uh, wow. yeah, we're we're loaded on this and and ready to go. Got and, it. Uh, you know, but uh, you know, it's great because Q is in the news right now, and even though it hasn't really changed what we're doing. Uh, what may happen in 2016 and beyond, you know, maybe the the photos we take and the videos we shoot and all the stuff that we do, uh, you know, might be useful thinking about going there. So yeah, it's, um, absolutely. Cool. Well, yeah. I have a good time. That is, Cuba is definitely on my list of places to go. So you'll have to be the be recon for me. I think uh, who who just went down there? Someone from Twip was just there. I gotta I gotta think of who that was. I saw someone on uh, Twitter had had did a shot, and I didn't know she was going. I don't know her personally. I can't remember her name right now, but yeah, someone else is down there too right now. Yeah, awesome, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, good to have both of you on the show. Just a quick update on what's going on in, the, in with me. So we're kicking off this webinar series, as I mentioned before. The first person that's going to be doing it happens to be on the show this week. Look at that planning. This Lucas Passmore yeah. is doing fashion photography. Then after that will be Julio Shorio talking about 4K for photographers. Or in other words, how how some photographers are starting to use high resolution or, or 4, 5K, 8K video to shoot motion and then harvest or extract still frames from it as sort of a MO for, for shooting events and things like that. So we're going to have that. Also, new on the network, we're just about to launch a show called The Fix, 
Actually, it's live on it's live on the site right now. We're just waiting on iTunes approval. It's called The Fix, and it features Jan Kabilly of Lynda.com fame, and you know she's written several books. I think she may even be an Adobe certified trainer. She's you know a powerhouse when it comes to Lightroom and Photoshop. So she's hosting our post processing show called The Fix. We're also working on a new show with Julio Shorio called Emerge about emerging photographic and photography technologies. And then after that, I'll be heading to Imaging USA to hang out with the Panasonic folks and uh, do some TWIP interviews from their booth in Nashville, Tennessee. So, Nashville. Nashville, Tennessee. My, my, my wife is in Nashville. That's a lovely town. Uh, yeah, I've been there once. Yeah, I've been there once. I've been there once. I've been there once. I've been there once. I've been there yeah, when I was there the last time, I got a chance to go to the what you know what's the what is it the Grand Old Opry there and yep. kind of hang out. It's a yeah, it's yeah. a nice it's a nice town. I like it. I love Nash. You should look up a photographer named Jeremy Cowart. Um, C O W A R T. I've heard uh, of Jeremy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he's based out there. He's an old friend of my wife's, and actually, he uh, when I wanted to get into photography but wasn't sure yet. Uh, she asked him, hey, do you have any recommendations on cameras? And he said, I'm about to upgrade to the 5D Mark II, which is circa 2009. If wow. Luke wants to buy my old Sony, whatever it was, um, feel free. And I bought it. So I have Jeremy's first camera that he started shooting. Uh, oh, look at that. It's got yeah. some coward magic in there. Yeah, yeah Jeremy sure does. Jeremy's a longtime friend of This Week in Photo and right. mine, you know, so yeah, we go way back. Well, tell, tell Jeremy Summer Oakley, which is her maiden name, uh, says hello. I will do that. All right, guys, before we jump into the show, I would like to thank our first sponsor for this episode of This Week in Photo, and that's our good friends over at lynda.com. Today, I'd like to personally talk about our friends over at lynda.com. The new year is here, and it's time to learn something new and improve your skills. lynda.com is here to help. They're used by millions of people around the world and have over 3,000 courses on topics like web development, photography, visual design, and business, as well as training on software like Excel, WordPress, and Photoshop. And all of their courses are taught by experts, and new courses are added to the website every week. Whether you want to set new financial goals, invest in a new hobby, or find a new job, or improve on your current job skills, lynda.com has something for everyone. Sign up for your free 10-day trial today by visiting lynda.com slash twip. And with that, you'll get unlimited access to every course on lynda.com. You'll get access to view tutorials on tablets and iPhone or Android mobile devices. Plus, you'll get access to new courses added each and every week. And some of the courses and videos I recommend are, there's one called Foundations of Photography, Exposure and Composition. It's a must-have to round out your education and knowledge of the basics of photography. Plus, there's one called the practicing photographer also very good to round out your basic knowledge of how actual photographers are doing things these days and my favorite so far is one called the Traveling Photographer Series, and that's with Mr. David Hobby. And one in particular that I've watched twice already, he does in Seoul, South Korea. So if you've ever considered going to that region, watch this video or these series of videos, and you'll be ready to go the next day. So try to do something good for yourself in 2015 and sign up for a free 10-day trial by visiting lynda.com slash twip. And I personally challenge you to learn something new this new year. Once again, that's lynda.com slash twip. 
It's a crazy busy week on the TWIP network over on All About the Gear. Doug and I discussed the camera hits and misses of 2014. And on Street Focus, Valerie interviews Chris Smith and Marie Langenau about photographing Chicago and the 2015 Out of Chicago conference. And over on Your Itinerary, Rob interviews Tara Tanaka about digiscoping for wildlife. And I'd like to remind you that we're doing our TWIP Costa Rica adventure, and that's April 25th through through 28th with myself and Rob Knight and a small group down in Costa Rica. And finally, TWIP webinars have launched. You can check them out over at thisweekinphoto.com slash webinars. All that and more is happening this week on the TWIP network. You can subscribe to all of our shows over at thisweekinphoto.com slash subscribe. All right, guys, let's jump into the news. Uh, the first story is about CES. As we alluded to, Mr. Derek's story is fresh off the plane, or also known as the flying Petri dish from, yeah. <laughs> from Las Vegas to here, and he made it back in one piece. So there's lots of, you know, there were some, yeah, exactly, there were new announcements there. Um, but from what I saw from back here at base camp, I didn't see a whole lot of, like things that kind of knock my socks off from a photography standpoint. Derek, yeah. did you have any different experiences on the ground there? No, my socks are still on, uh, <laughs> actually. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, I thought for photographers, it was a, a, a pretty ho-hum show. And I'm not sure how exciting of a show it was overall if you really step back and you're thinking innovation. I didn't see a lot of innovation. I saw a lot of me too. Uh, mm -hmm. For instance, everybody think they have to have an action cam now and uh, you know things like that uh, you know where it was interesting was in uh, home automation smart home yeah. Bluetooth related technologies all that stuff was actually pretty cool and uh, you know, I, I actually like that a lot better than anything I saw what was it? It was a couple of years ago. The the trend at CES, you know, it seems like they go through these waves, right? It was a couple of years ago. Yeah. It was it was the 3D TV, and yeah. then last year it was 4K. It was all about 4K TVs and these big giant massive right. flat TVs with zero be bezel. And so I was kind of wondering what this year would be. And it sounds like if there was any theme, it might have been home automation. Is that it? Is that yeah, fair? Yeah, I, I would I would go with that too. I mean, and especially in terms of something. Not only was it popular, but it's it really has come of age, uh, you know. And I think part of it is is because our mobile devices are are so much better now, uh, so much more powerful uh, that they hook into the home automation systems uh, really well, and they're simple to use. I mean, you you put a few things in your outlets, you uh, you know set up uh, you know maybe even a little hub or something, and then you download the app for your uh, smartphone. And you literally can have all sorts of fun, you know, yeah. simple stuff like turning on the coffee pot from bed, you know, uh, now uh, kind of stuff too, where your mobile device knows when you're leaving the house and it lowers the temperature on the thermostat and dims the lights and does all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it's real now. Before it was like, but you had to be a nerd. Uh, now I think it's for, I think, uh, mass market. So, and, and I like it actually. I thought it was fun. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, uh, you know, with everything. And my my house is slowly becoming assimilated into that mm -hmm. stuff because, you know, it started it started with a little nest. You know, I actually had two nests, yeah. one upstairs, one downstairs. And I'm like, oh, I can change, you know, I get off the plane, I can make sure the house is a good temperature by the time I get home, all that. And then a couple of switches for outlets so I can turn lights on and off intelligently. 
Um, so, and then uh, for Chris, or for my birthday, yeah, for my birthday, I got one of the Nest thermostats. So my girlfriend gave me a Nest thermostat, which I haven't installed yet, but, you know, it's like these little pieces start encroaching, and I know Apple yeah. and smart things are coming out with stuff, you know, so, and I, I know I'm geeky, so ultimately, I know my house is just going to be a complete robot at some yeah, point. Yeah, I was going to say, Frederick, in yeah. five years, you're going to have the bridge of the Enterprise uh, at your little pad down there, so. I'm working on it, you know, I would like that, you know, I want to be able to say computer. Yeah, <laughs> but only in that act. <laughs> It only responds if you say it like Chekhov. So. Exactly. Exactly. You know, but hey, you know, I tell you, not to go too far off base from photography, but the we're talking about CES. So, um, you know, I have an Xbox One in the living room that acts as my sort of entertainment hub, which is awesome. I have a, an Apple TV in there, too, but I default to the Xbox One because it is so good for entertainment and you know, like going to my Netflix, my Amazon Prime account, Hulu, all these things. I can sit on the couch and do it by voice, and it actually works pretty close to perfectly. You know, like even, oh, I need to get up and get some water. I can say Xbox pause, and it pauses. I go get it, and I sit down. Xbox play starts again. I can search YouTube, all that stuff. So getting used to that as the main hub in the house I find the rest of my house lacking. <laughs> right. Yes. I want yeah, right. to be able to get. I want to be able to lay in bed and say, you know, lights off or it's something. You know, I need voice everywhere now. This yeah. is this is going to be the problem, uh, Frederick. Is that one day that Xbox is going to talk back? You know, oh. like, how are you feeling, Frederick? I can't yes. do that right now, Frederick. I know. Uh, so be careful of the singularity. I know. Close the garage bay door, Frederick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Frederick, kill your cat, Frederick. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's coming. Yeah, the only problem with all this stuff is when you, uh, when you lose internet connectivity and then your, <laughs> my entire house becomes a doorstop. Yeah, you might have to actually get up to turn off the lights. Yeah, <laughs> Which terrible. is unacceptable to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's 2000, yeah. uh, it's, this is 2025. Like, yeah. So we all, at CES, one of the things that was hyped was this Sony press event that they were that they had, right? So and Sony always does this giant press event, kind of like a MacWorld Steve Jobsish kind of keynote where they drop probably I would imagine, you know, like a, a bundle of dough to produce this thing and and right. put it on, which I still don't understand why, because you could just issue it online. Um, but I was expecting <laughs> something fantastic from them, you know, because they were put all this effort into it. And unless I'm missing something, I think they kicked it off with, like Derek, you're saying, they kicked it off talking about action cams and they shoot 4K now and all that. Yeah. Um, but then they launched, maybe you guys can help me understand this. Lucas, especially you, you're younger than me, so maybe you can help me understand this. They launched the Sony Walkman, or the, <laughs> the new version of the yeah. Sony Walkman that, get this, it plays music. And what? I think it'll do video and stuff like that. So I'm thinking... You know, I have a device <laughs> that, yeah. that can do that, that is generally always with me. Why yeah. do I need your device, Sony? And why are you coming to the party this late with this device? I understand you own the brand, but why? Why now? I don't know. Yeah, did, did you guys I, see I, that? What did you think of it? Yeah, I think that's just a kind of a, an attempt just at that branding. Like, Sony Walkman is that everyone knows what that is. But unless you're, like, kind of being a retro hipster, and, 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 if, they have, and if they have, like, an analog design... Um, you know, kind of how like the uh, Fuji X100S is kind of has an analog kind of design, yeah. and so it makes it like, ooh, I want to use that. Uh, it's a great camera, don't get me wrong, but it's desirable because of its aesthetic. So yeah. if this Sony Walkman 
and I didn't see it, so I'm sorry, I can't speak to it. Sorry, there's sirens going off in the background, guys. No, it's okay. Um, I live downtown LA, so it's like constantly everything's on fire. Hold on, I'll mute myself real quick. <laughs> no, Derek, yeah, Derek, did you sorry. see that? Um, did you see that Walkman, Derek? What did you think of it? I, yeah, I mean, it me a lot of what's going on in general at CES, which is uh, trying to, to dredge up uh, old successful brands. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me, old successful brands and, uh, you know, see if they uh, can reinvigorate, you know, their market, uh, doing stuff that other people are doing. Uh, I mean, it was just really a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate. It's yeah. sad that we can cover most of what happened at CES in the first 10 minutes of an episode of yeah. TWIP, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. I'm going, you know, the other story that you went, Derek, and you subjected yeah. yourself to a dish, but... <laughs> the, uh, the other thing, you know, obviously is drones. I mean, drones were just like everywhere, you know, yeah. and it's just like drone mania from palm-sized drones to like the Inspire one. Uh, by DJI and everything in between. DJI did have a new product that was kind of neat where you could take the camera off uh, the Inspire one and put it on a, a stick that oh. has control. So you, so you could do your flying, then you could continue shooting the video using all the, the, the communications uh, on ground level. Oh, that's really um, cool. So that was actually really nice. Uh, it was one of the things that I liked. Uh, I would so, almost like to see an event that's dedicated to UAV photography or just UAVs in general, you know, like the, this because it, it seems like that industry yeah. is getting huge now, you know, that it's no longer it it at some point it's not going to be sufficient to be a part or a tag on to a larger trade show. I would like to see, you know, a trade show that's specifically dedicated to these kind of forward thinking technologies. Yeah, and and I and I think you're gonna see that uh, if it doesn't exist already, we just don't know about it. But uh, yeah, that was a big deal. So there was there was a lot of that there too. Yeah. But overall, uh, I think takeaways for the general public, um, especially those watching uh, this show, uh, I think you know unless you get excited about the Nikon D5500 or Canon Compacts or a Polaroid Socialmatic camera. Uh, Probably not a whole lot. Uh, there were some NDA meetings uh, of some stuff that's coming down the pike in February, March. That is pretty cool. Uh, mm. and we'll be, we'll oh, tell be, us all about what was in those. Uh, in, yeah, in that yeah. That you can't talk yeah, about yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I'm I'm back on the show after one of them wears off, so we'll talk then. Okay. All right. We'll hold you to that. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's let's get away from Vegas and come back to uh, to photography. Um, story number two is about a photographer that's facing a lawsuit from a model. Uh, Lucas, after <laughs> images being used uh, inappropriately. So let me read this blurb. It says, not, not mine. <laughs> Photographer Joshua Resnick is facing a $500,000 lawsuit from a model who is suing him after images of her were used in a variety of ways, including escort ads, ads for a strip club, and on the cover of erotic novels. Uh, Resnick paid the model and had her sign a release so that he could sell the images to a stock agency. The images were only sold through the stock agency with a terms of service that did not allow for pornographic or defamatory use. The photographer believes that the companies that use the images either obtained the images from the model's Facebook page or they purchased them from the stock agency and broke the terms of service by using them in the manner that they did. However, they obtained them or however they obtained them, the model is holding the photographer responsible and is suing for half a million dollars. Resnick is worried about the precedent this case could set, so he's doing what he can to fight the lawsuit. 
as, and has set up a crowdfunding campaign to help raise the money. Of course he's worried about it. The precedence that it will set is you're going to be broke, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the precedence. You know? So, Lucas, I want to start with you on this. Obviously, this is like right down your alley here. So when you read this, what, what was your first reaction? Did you side with the model in terms of, yeah, she has a case, or is this, is this a, a like wrongful lawsuit against this innocent photographer? What do you think? Um, I, I think that it, what, what we're probably not reading is, is the girl's probably also going after the stock agency, and she's going after the, you know, the whoever, you know, the flyer that is in Vegas, the, the kind of erotic novels, the publisher who made those, she's going after everybody. So what we're just seeing is, is this kind of the photographer because that kind of um, is, is more of a headline because he's the one who took the image and plus we're photographers so we, we kind of grabbed to that immediately. Um, this really, really, really is a hot mess. And um, my opinion on it is it, she definitely has a case um, in that lawyers can make anything out of a case. And just because she uh, signed a model release, I imagine that this guy, if he's, if he's kind of doing stock photography, I imagine that this model release is probably something he downloaded from the internet um, or that uh, a lawyer just said, oh, yeah, that's, that'll be fine. I, I really don't think model releases are worth the, the paper they're printed on. Um, for this kind of thing, for, for, for recruiting and, and acquiring, not acquiring, but for, for getting uh, talent for your projects, there has to be definitely lawyers involved on both sides. When it's a freelance thing like this, I get that that can't happen, but this is this is the result sometimes. Um, yeah, if in that's fact, a scary yeah. thing though. This is this is what scares me about the like this kind of stuff and shooting models. Um, and this is what I want you to address. And maybe you'll, I, yeah. I think you're going to hit some of this in the webinar Wednesday. But just that whole idea of opening yourself up to something like this, you know, whether yeah. it be. And, you know, he touched me inappropriately and there's no one there to vouch for you. So and you, you know, you're whatever, the, the guy that's in charge. So you take the fall or you use the images inappropriately because there was a the instead of an and in the model release. So yeah. now your house is gone. You know, those those kind of things worry me. I mean, as a, as a photographer that's out there doing this, you know, multiple times a week, Lucas, is this something that that you keep in the back of your mind? And what do you do to safeguard against it? Uh, well, one thing that will just by my nature, my photography isn't very suggestive. Um, so I, if it's a cover of an erotic novel, I'm wondering what kind of image he took to begin with. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to, to see it. But yeah. let's, let's, just, let's just imagine it's, it's still pretty innocuous. This is why photographers, especially if you're endeavoring on things like this, you need to incorporate. You need to make an S-Corp or an LLC. So when you get sued, they sue the company, not you. And, you know, if he's, if he's just kind of a... Um, day-by-day day photographer, month-by-month, month, paycheck to paycheck. I mean, the company's not worth anything, really, and so, so they're not going to get any money out of them. Again, I really do believe that she's going after multiple parties in this in a, in a, in a much bigger lawsuit. The thing is, is regardless, it's still going to cost him money to go to court to address this. So he's not getting out of this. He's not getting, out, he's not getting kind of a wave off, or, or even if it's dismissed and thrown out, he's probably out 50 grand. Yeah. You know, um, now that I think about it, I should have been a lawyer, not a photographer. Much more money, to be, much more money to be made in, in that realm. Yeah. Um, so, but as far as like kind of what I do and how do I protect myself? Um, again, uh, incorporating first first step for anyone kind of like you know not taking pictures of mountains, because uh, mountains can't sue you, or or hummingbirds can't sue you, or um, you know uh, Martin out there in, in uh, Tokyo or Japan, snow monkeys can't sue you. Yeah. Um, but 
Yeah, it's just kind of one of those things. This is this is kind of price of admission sometimes that this can come and it's come and blow back on you. I will say though that um, if you're a photographer and you're taking pictures of people that you don't know uh, and then selling it to stock agencies, this is even though you got a model release, even though terms of service for the stock agency um, prohibited sell use of pornography or, or erotic nature. Yeah, it's still it's just, I don't I don't do, like I wouldn't do it. I, my stock, my stock business would be like, um, would be like animals and and mountains and like uh, and innocuous things because people are. It's just it's a mess. It's a mess. I never really feel for this guy. I will be donating to him for sure because that's a that's a brother and that's yeah. not his fault. Yeah, and we're so. and we are in a litigious kind of society yeah. here. And you know, I look at the my latest binge watching uh, subject. On, on TV has been The Good Wife, right? So it's a series on TV that's about this woman who's a lawyer and this high-powered law firm in New York and blah, 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 and they take these cases. And, you know, they argue the cases on that show, and it's realistic. And I'm like, oh, man, this is... I would hate to get caught up in the judicial system, period. No. Yeah. You know, just... Yeah. I don't even want to drive by a courthouse, you know? <laughs> <laughs> It's just ugly. Yeah. Derek, you shoot you shoot models as well. You know, when you when you see a story like this, does it send chills up your spine as if this could have been me or are you on the model side? Where where do you net out? No, I I'm concerned. I'm I'm with Lucas on this. And uh you know, one of the things I switched to is that now I have a female assistant that's always there when I'm, you know, shooting female models. And uh, just part of that, part of the deal, I do all the other stuff, the model release and all that. And I, I personally don't care for stock. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to be, I don't want to have my, my model images on stock. So I, I kind of go with the thing. Yeah, I, I get to know these people. And if they're a corporate assignment, I don't have to worry about it so much. But for my own work, for the yeah. very reason. Yeah. So then, you, you, Derek, you brought up the model release. And Lucas, I know you and I have spoken a little bit, and you kind of alluded to the fact that many model releases aren't worth the paper that they're printed on. How do you get a model release? This is the both of you guys. How do you get a model release that is going to protect you? And is there such a thing? Or is it just, you know, is it just a placebo? <laughs> you know, where do you get this stuff? I, well, I think I that think... model release... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Derek. I stepped on you. No, go ahead. Well... Uh, you know, you kind of said at the beginning, you know, lawyers can make any sort of argument, and yeah. uh, you know, I agree with that. But uh, you know, start with the ASMP uh, model release template. I mean, you know, that's what these guys do, and uh, you know, go there and then you know, modify it uh, to your taste. And it's one of the things that you can do. But you're right, you know, Lucas is right. No one thing's going to uh, protect you from every lawyer. Yeah. Yeah, one one thing, Lucas, that you that you're a proponent of is working with models from an agency, right? And, yeah. And and that is one level of protection. At least you filter out a certain a certain level of crazy, you know, <laughs> with right. Yeah. Going through a company, right? When 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 I when I when I shoot, I don't really shoot uh, freelance models. I don't shoot models that aren't with an agency, um, mainly because. Agency girls are better overall for what I'm aiming for. Don't get me wrong, freelance models, they're all beautiful. I know you would never talk to me in bars anyway. Everyone's great. But for the kind of pedigree, maybe that's, maybe that's a pejorative word, for the kind of look I want, an agency is where to go to find it. Trying to be nice. Yeah. Um, and, send, your, and we, send your hate mail to lucaspassmore.com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But spell Passmore is with six S's. Yeah. yeah. Send it there. That one works. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
So I go, th I go through agents. Agents set everything up. Agents are very aware of what I'm doing and when, and they see the uh, they get they get the report card from the model afterwards. Um, and and it's it's more I've never had a problem. Knock on wood. But again, incorporate fellas, yeah. so they can sue that, not you. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 you know, like you said, it's a it's a double edged sword. But I you know when we were we were sort of talking about your presentation and you you sort of kind of shed the light on how. It's not that hard to to get models from agencies versus you know other places. You know the the where I get a little worried at is like a model mayhem. Model mayhem's awesome for what it is, but I get worried there because you find a model there, and if you manage to get her to show up, then you know you don't. It's an unknown quantity, right? It's right. almost like you know uh, Craigslist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't know. You don't know exactly who's going to show up. Um, Agencies, there's a little bit more accountability, a little bit more professionalism, a little bit more um, just uh, security. I'll, and take security and all its meanings underneath that. Security protection for you, protection for the model, protection overall. Agencies are kind of the way to go. Um, and we can talk more about that, Frederick, on Wednesday with on our Wednesday. webinar. In the yeah. webinar, which, by the way, will be, by the time they see this or listen to this, will already be recorded, but so it'll be on the TWIP website. They can listen to the replay. So right. we're kind of we're kind of doing a back to the future thing here. Derek, where do you where do you go? I mean, you you're still doing the Derek Story Workshop series and all that stuff, and you have to hire models for that. Where do the where do your models come from when you do those workshops? Uh, I still use Model Mayhem some, but uh, I have a system that that helps. You know, a like, finely tuned filtration system. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. But you know, more and more now. I, I get referrals from other models and uh, that I work with, and that's been working really well for me. And they go, oh, yeah, she's really. I mean, one of the big problems I have is being reliable. You know, right. I, I need some. I need someone who's reliable and professional. And uh, so, uh, references from other models are really helpful. So once you kind of get the thing going a little bit, uh, it's easier. Yeah, yeah, that reliability, the or the reliability, in other words, showing up. Right, and yes. showing up, yeah. showing up on time. I, yeah. my experience has been, uh, the great sort of lure to get people to show up is cash. You know, yeah. so, yeah. It, it, you know, so people tend to when you take it more, or people tend to take things more seriously when there is money involved. So, and Lucas, I wanted you to talk about this because you, I know you have you have an opinion on paying models versus models paying you or not paying at all. What do you yeah. net out on that? You know, is it better to pay a model if you have a mission critical shoot or or not? How does that how does that work? Um, um, how do I sound not snotty? Uh, <laughs> By not I, starting out, how do yeah. I sound not snotty? <laughs> yeah, I I don't I don't I mean I've just never paid a model. I've never I've never needed to. Um, we'll cover this more in the webinar, but it's because I I live in Los Angeles and there's kind of more models that are in need of good photographers than the other way around here. Yeah. So I've just never needed to, um, and I don't say that braggingly. It's just the state. It's kind of how it is. Um, yeah. I will say, as a footnote, relating to the story, if even if even if that guy paid that girl, um, you know, to, to to do the thing, like she could, doesn't matter. She's just still still turn around and sue him. So paying exchange of money doesn't protect you from anything. Well, I paid you for this shoot, you know, for the stock shoot. Doesn't matter. It's just the the nature of of and the you know, aggression of what. It was turned into uh, supersedes any kind of uh, monetary compensation from that day, um, but um, but yeah, it's like uh, you know, depending on where you are and what you have access to, 
uh, you may have to pay a model, you know, because she may she may be the only one within 50 miles of you that uh, that fits your kind of look, um, and she knows it, so she's gonna she's gonna you know have you open up your wallet. But yeah, it's um, like, it's like it's the law of supply and demand, like you were saying earlier. Exactly. Exactly. If you live near a freshwater lake, you probably don't have to pay for water. But if you live in the desert, you're probably going to be paying for water. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. So, any Lucas, any horror stories? Like any horror stories with uh, bad experiences that you can share with us? Um, as far as like just like shooting models, uh, I, I would say there's no. I've 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 been so uh, fortunate to have most of the girls I I work with are are absolute sweethearts. Mm -hmm. uh, just Good, just good girls, good professional girls. Um, I've had two divas and one nut job, but they were really pretty, so the images turned out great, and that's all that really matters. I've had the horror stories are like the agent pulling the model to go to important to an important casting 30 minutes before call time, when I've paid for a location, got a stylist who's done pulls from showrooms, and got a makeup and hair person. Like uh, I'll, I'll tell this story on Wednesday. Um, but uh, that's, that's probably the biggest one, is like I have this whole team, I actually spent money to do this shoot, and my talent got pulled 30 minutes before we're set, slated to start. Um, I, did, I did pull it off. You'll have to tune in Wednesday, kids, to, uh, <laughs> to find out how. See, it's called leading the, leading the story, Frederick. That's what it's called. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, but, um, but again, going through agencies, I usually have a very positive professional experience uh, with uh, minimal time wasted so um, I, I do recommend that, but I know every, not everyone has access to agencies, and for that I say, um, move. I don't know, you know. Again, send, it, send your hate mail to lucaspassmore.com. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Just what about you? Any, any stories, you know, the divas or, you know, crazy people in your, in your modeling shooting past? Not, not yet, knock on wood. Uh, you know, the one thing I did want to say, though, I'm – the opposite of Lucas in that I always pay. I always pay, I put it up front, and uh, I just like it to be a business. And uh, and so, and I'm using them for usually events where I'm making money. So, uh, you know, they they get a, a slice of the pie. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I did, you mean like workshops? Yeah, it works better that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Definitely it, I, I, I yeah, pay. for sure. Yeah. 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 So if it's if it's a paid gig and I, you know, I understand. So basically, just to put a finer point on it on the side of Lucas, Lucas, you're saying, you know, if you're doing a test shoot or, you know, that sort of thing, you're not paying the model uh, because it's you're paying them with your talent and your time and the photographs for their book at the end. But in on the Derek side, if you're doing uh, it's a if it's a business related profit generating yes. endeavor, yeah. then Absolutely. they're part of the business. They just become a line item or an expense in the business that yep. you're going to pay them. And with and what I say on top of that, with paying them comes a certain level of skin in the game. You know, and they're more apt to act like a professional if you know they're waiting on the second half of their paycheck or something. Right. No. No. Yeah. Derek, I, mean, Derek they, I, I pay them right on the spot. Yeah. yeah. It's it, cool. you're you're right on. If, if if you're making money, they should they should be getting a part of that. Uh, you know, I was just talking about just kind of test shoots to build uh, your portfolio or, or do a personal project you want to you know, maybe submit to a magazine or or use on your website. But if it's the workshop, oh yeah, that's this that's this good business like, and that's fair compensation for sure. Yep, absolutely. All right, guys, let's move on. I want to thank our, uh, before we move on into the listener q and I want to thank our second sponsor for this episode, and that's our good friends over at FreshBooks. 
freshbooks.com. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by FreshBooks, the easy cloud solution helping millions of small business owners save time invoicing and get paid faster. You know, as photographers, we capture moments, feelings, vistas, all that cool stuff, even perspectives. But what we don't think to capture sometimes is the income picture of our businesses. You know, income, your expenses, your billable time, all that stuff. And I think one of the reasons why we don't do that is because capturing all those things is boring. That's a simple fact. It's just boring doing that. We'd rather be out taking pictures. Now, thankfully, FreshBooks offers small business owners and freelancers a way to keep track of their time and money without breaking your workflow or lifestyle. You can invoice your clients, you can do it in mere minutes, expenses can be automatically imported so you don't have to lift a finger, you can track billable time. Basically, they take the hassle out of running your photography business by joining millions of freelancers and entrepreneurs using FreshBooks to run their businesses. So, really cool stuff. And this week in photo, and basically anything I do personally business-wise is run using FreshBooks. And I've been doing it for several years now, and I can't tell you how much time it has saved me in terms of headache and following up with clients and billing and getting paid, all that stuff. You know, their tagline is it, it, it says, you know, let me read it here. It says it helps you save time invoicing and get paid faster. And that's exactly what it did for, did for me. I had a stack of things that I had to do, you know, people to reach out to, to, you know, bug about getting paid or all these different things. And once I imported everything into FreshBooks, it basically said, okay, Frederick, yeah, we got this and they took it over and I get paid, you know, and it just works. I don't think I would be able to run my business as efficiently as I do without FreshBooks. So definitely check them out. And FreshBooks, our sponsor for this episode, is free to try for This Week in Photo listeners. All you got to do is go to freshbooks.com slash twip and enter twip in the how did you hear about us section to start your free trial. So get out there, capture some beautiful moments and your business finances. Just go to freshbooks.com slash twip and enter twip in the how did you hear about us section. All right, let's jump into the Q&A, and this week's question is from Ingloy Tan from our G Plus page. Ingloy says, can our host recommend bags to use with mirrorless cameras and lenses? I have a GX7, an Olympus 4518, Panasonic Leica 1517, and Leica, a Panasonic Leica 2514, blah, 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 a bunch of lenses, and a flash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, why am I reading all these yeah. numbers? They like, see a bunch of, <laughs> bunch of lenses and a mirrorless camera. You know, the, the names and sizes are irrelevant. Uh, but the person is asking what small bags are there out there that are designed to be used for these smaller cameras, saying the ones that are designed for DSLRs tend to be too deep for these types of cameras. Derek, I know you have some experience in this area. What do you think? What's your, what, what bags do you recommend for the mirrorless world? Well, yeah, there's there's good stuff now. They're catching on. Uh, Think Tank makes bags specifically designed for mirrorless cameras, and they're pretty good. Have you tried one of them? You have, haven't you? Yeah, they... yeah, I have. I'm I'm like any photographer that you know. I'm like I'm like women in their purses, man. I got it. I got a, too many bags, and none of them are perfect. Yeah. You know, they all do. Yeah. One or two things great, and then fall down, or they're good for certain situations and not others. So. You know, I'm I'm in search of the holy grail of bags, and I haven't found it yet. So yeah, but Think Tank yeah. is in there. I have a I have some 
one or two low pros, and um, yeah, I think that's it. It's mostly think t- think tank and low pro. What about you, Lucas? What do, what do you what do you say to this? I know I don't think you're a mirrorless shooter. Not yet. yet. I know you're thinking about yeah. it, but you're not. I in got there I yet. got yeah. I got my eye on that Sony A7 Mark II. I'm circling. It's time to upgrade. What am I going to do? Who knows? But um, I think that I think I, I'm a I'm a big uh, proponent and uh, supporter of Tenba bags. Uh, most of my bags are Tenba. They're really resilient. They've got a lot of extra features. And specifically, they just came out recently with the sh- their new sh- uh, shootout is one of their lines that's kind of meant to be really mobile on the go and very like weather resistant overall. But the, sh- the new shootout backpack, it's uh, it's the 18 liter size. Um, that is a re- and I saw it in store in, in the store at Sammy's Camera here in Los Angeles recently. It's a little too small for for my rig right now, but it is a it would be a great. Uh, it would be a great uh, kind of match for, for all things mirrorless. Now, it is a little, probably going to be a little bit deep for, um, for, for a, a true mirrorless. If he's looking for like kind of like a really snug fit, like something you would make out of like a, like a Pelican case, you know, where it's just cut exactly to it. This yeah. is not quite it. It's pretty close, and it would definitely handle his arsenal of lenses he's, he's kind of uh, uh, touting. I will say, though, however... You don't necessarily want to carry a backpack, especially a bag, and carry everything, all, put all your eggs in one basket. And I, and I speak from a place of, unfortunately, a place of experience, is I did just that, totally an amateur move, my second year of photography, and got my bag stolen in, in, in Griffith Park. And I lost a uh, 50-millimeter lens, uh, six memory cards. I had no reason I needed six memory cards for one test. Uh, my iPad, um, my iPhone, my wallet, my car keys... Uh, the Temba bag itself. Um, the, luckily, I had uh, my camera in my hand. I was shooting. I set it down and turned my back. So, you know, if it's a bag, meaning he's like carrying, he's going on the go, maybe consider uh, just maybe uh, instead of all his lenses all the time, all at once, for in, in search of that perfect bag, maybe go for something smaller. For instance, uh, Chrome, uh, Chrome, uh, Chrome Industries makes. Specific, uh, more uh, more like bike messenger kind of stuff, but they actually have something called the Nico Sling. It's only $80. If you take a look at their website, that's chromeindustries.com, if you take a look at their website and search Nico Sling, you're going to see uh, a nifty little camera camera bag uh, that's made for kind of a smaller mirrorless kind of setup. It, can, it probably holds the camera uh, with a lens on it and an extra lens. And, you know, if, uh, and if, if your listener is just kind of like going to a, a quick shoot or he knows exactly what lens he's going to be using because he knows what he's going to be shooting. He doesn't need to like carry like the whole kit and caboodle. He can yeah. just throw it in this Nico sling and, and, and be off and be off to the races. So that, yeah, that'd be that's kind good. of my that's, suggestion. That's a good. That's a good point. I want to. I want to have Derek address that too because Derek, yeah, you are, you're the nimble photographer, right? So. You know, what, what Lucas brings up is a thing that, that I think a lot of photographers struggle with, and that is when you're going out to shoot, especially if you're not going out to shoot something where you know exactly what it's going to be, like, hey, I'm going to go to Yosemite, and I'm going to shoot pictures. There's a lot of stuff to shoot there, so you want to be prepared for every eventuality or situation that might be put in front of you. So, therefore, you're like, okay, I'm bringing everything. i got to bring all my lenses. I need to bring a camera, and I need a backup for that camera. I need multiple cards in case cards fail or I fill them up. And now I need a bunch of batteries for each camera body, you know, maybe my iPad in case I want to stop and review and edit and all that stuff. So you end up with that bag that Lucas got stolen when you yeah. go out there. Well, what do you advise, Derek? Well, you know, when is it – just slim down and grab one body with a lens and have at it, or or take it all. 
the way I look at it is you have two types of bags. Normally a bag that's A to B. So you're going from your studio or your home to the destination. That's probably going to be a bigger bag. It'd probably be a backpack. But then you need a second bag that you either have in your suitcase or whatever that is the lighter bag, some of like what Lucas was talking about. So when you actually go out on the field, don't take everything with you if you don't need it. And certainly don't take a backpack into a crowded urban situation. That's yeah. so freaking annoying, yeah. uh, you know, with backpacks, you know. And I just went through that in Vegas, you know, on the monorail and all that. Just like, what are you carrying a backpack for? Right. You carry, get a good shoulder bag or a good waist bag, messenger bag. Put a couple lenses in it. Put what you need. Lock the rest of the stuff up. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. It, you know, and I did this. I did a, a what's in your bag segment with Trey Radcliffe in uh, New Zealand last year. And, uh, you know, the, one of the things that struck me, you know, Trey is always the hip kind of dude, right? And yeah. his camera bag is not even a camera bag. It's like a saddle bag that some shaman yeah. somewhere made out of, <laughs> like, goat skin or something. <laughs> you know? It looks nothing like a camera bag. Then you open it up and there's all his mirrorless gear in there. You know, yeah. like, yeah, why not, yeah. you know? I mean, yeah. is that, do you guys think, is that a viable route to go? Like, don't even buy a camera bag anymore. Just buy well, something. You can, you can do a bag with it. I call it bag within a bag, right? Yeah. So you have any sort of bag, and then you have uh, you know pouches and so forth that can go in there that protects your gear, and then you're not looking like a guy carrying around you know ten thousand grand, uh, ten thousand dollars of the camera gear. Yeah. 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 Do it. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, yeah I'm, a, I, I'm a sucker for bags. I sound. <laughs> my wife would love to hear me say this. I love bags. I do. <laughs> man. I'm just. That's my. Oh, I just love. Each little compartment, and they have a little thing, and there's a little zipper. Ooh, that one, that fits my CF card perfectly. How snug! Like I'm a sucker for that stuff. So, uh, so unfortunately, I'm gonna keep buying bags. Um, but uh, just like my wife buys shoes, so we're even. Um, yeah. But um, but yeah, like Derek was saying, he just said it's like you don't realize all of a sudden you, your bag has ten grand in it. It doesn't feel like that because you know you don't really think every iPad from day to day as something being really expensive. It's expensive when you buy it. But, you know, like months later, you don't, oh, I'm just going to toss my iPad in my backpack, on my phone, oh, and this lens, oh, and these, you know, these 64 gigabyte CF cards. All of a sudden, just like me, I, I lost 3,500 bucks like yeah. that. I didn't, yeah. didn't even know it. So I didn't realize yeah. it. So, uh, so be careful out there, kids. Well, one, one piece that I want to talk about before we leave this little topic is um, camera straps. Well, we, all, we, we talk about bags a lot, but very rarely do we talk about camera straps. And Derek... I think you might have some opinions on this. Like, when you do you keep the manufacturer camera strap on your camera? You know that says, you know, Nikon no. or Lumix oh, or whatever no. on there. No, what, what, no. Which both of you guys? What are your no. there? Well, I mean, I don't do it not so much because of the branding, but I, I don't like that kind of strap. I I like because I'm more of a street shooter. Uh, I like having a messenger bag where the camera's ready, and then maybe a quick wrist strap or something, yeah. and you know, and and work that way. But I don't like walking around with a camera banging on, you know, like that. It, it doesn't work for me. I'm I'm already drawing enough attention at six foot seven. I don't need to, you know, be, you know, a, a Poindexter cameraman. So, um, you know. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, I agree. Uh, I, I'm more I'm more of a wrist strap kind of guy, and and but I use the messenger bag as, as kind of my where the camera stays. Pull it out, shoot, put it back in. Yeah, with just a one or two lenses with you, and yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
Yeah. I think yeah. like can't like the can the, the branded camstrap. I mean, first off, that's just so JV. Like it's just it's it's just not it's not cool. Um, no. I know you're very proud of your 5D Mark III, but if, when it says Canon 5D Mark III across it, if nothing else, it just looks really corny to me. Secondly, they're not comfortable straps. They're not. They're like, especially like wearing on your neck, even if you put it around your shoulder, it, they don't really have adequate padding and, and they're not comfortable. So I think I, like, when I, if I, like when I used to shoot events just to earn extra money when I first started out, I, I invested in a Black Rapids uh, like kind of quick sling um, uh, strap, and that was much more comfortable, provided much more padding. Um, but I, I'm with Derek now. It's just like I have, I have like a wrist strap. You shoot. Oh, you want you want to put your camera down? Throw it back in in the, in the sling bag, or, you know, or back on the backpack, or hand it to your assistants. Like I don't need it around my. Plus the camera with a battery grip, plus like a 24 to 70. It's like it's like eight pounds <laughs> like, hanging on your neck. You know what I mean? It's not comfortable. They're not comfortable. Yeah. So, uh, well, you know, there's, so, there's yeah. a fix for that, Lucas. You could just go mirrorless, and you'd cut off about eight pounds of that. Yeah. <laughs> what brand will it go with, Frederick? I don't know. Maybe, you some, know, maybe something there's, else. There's, only, there's really only four to choose from, so, you know, roll your <laughs> dice. So. Yeah. yeah. Now, I'll tell you, you know, this this is the, uh, the latest camera strap that I just got in the mail. This is from Peak Design. It's a wrist strap. You can see that. Oh, cool, yeah. See nice. that? And it, the, the cool thing about this wrist strap, I know folks that are listening to this, you can't see it, but you can check out the video on the page. Um, but it has this quick release system. Oh, that, nice. So basically, you just put these things on your cameras, and then they hook into, like, today, I'm a wrist strap guy, but tomorrow I might want a neck strap, you know, and then they make all kinds of different connectors that you can use depending on the situation. So I like the system because I can just buy those little connectors and put them on the different cameras that I have, and depending on the situation, much like the bag, Derek, I can pick the right strap for that particular exactly. day and roll. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So go. I like that. That's from that's from uh, design. I think I think what we're all unified on is that uh, the strap that comes with your camera probably isn't the A choice. Uh, yeah, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I say the you know the the one that comes with your camera. I think they're okay, but what I get afraid of because I'm I'm traveling a lot more these days and I get worried that. You know, like you're saying, with you, you're wearing this big Nikon D3 thing yeah. on you, and people know that that's at least three grand that you have hanging around your neck. And hey, I you know, a, a, an evil doer might say, hey, I could take that guy, and I could, <laughs> I could beat my kids for for a quarter with all I gotta do is hit them over the head, and I'm good to go. <laughs> well, they're you know? six seven, so I don't know if they're if they're gonna be able to take him necessarily. Hey, yeah. you know, the bigger they are, Derek. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, anyway. I, yeah, so definitely, no. I hope we answered this listener's question. Folks, if you have a question that you'd like us to tackle on the show, just head over to thisweekinphoto.com and click on that Submit a Question link, and you can send us a text question or send us a voice question. If you send us a voice question, we'll likely even play it on the air, and thousands and thousands of people will hear your voice and potentially your URL if you mention it. Ooh, Frederick, I'll totally call in, but I'll do like a Scottish accent so you don't know it's me. But that's really yeah, bad. So you will know it's me. That's the yeah. voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's move on. Uh, wow, we're at the top of the hour already. Let's, uh, let's jump into the Picks of the Week segment uh, where you guys can pick something to recommend to the audience. Uh, Derek, I'm going to let you go first. What's your, what's your pick of the week? I got to finally test that uh, Olympus 40mm 150 mm. F2.8 Pro Lens. Mm -hmm. And uh, I put it on a EM1, 
And I tell you that, you know, the focal length equivalent in 35 millimeter terms is uh, 80 to 300. Six is long, uh, 31 ounces, uh, two separate lens systems run by two different motors, and the autofocusing is super swift, uh, dust water repellent, and um, even a tricky lens hood that stays on it, that slides on it, you know, that uh, just extends uh, cool. uh, forward. So you, you don't have to reverse the lens hood, which I really like. Uh, $1,500. Oh, nice. It is it is a really really nice lens. Um, yeah. You know, it's, I, bet, uh, I bet it performs like a champ on that. Uh, would you put it on an EM1? I put it on an EM1. Yeah, yeah, with that five-axis in-body image stabilization, it's got to be yeah. a beast. Yeah. So so that but that's the caveat uh, you, that if you shoot Panasonic, uh, I don't recommend it because it doesn't have optical stabilization built in. Right. So right. you know you can get away with it on. Lens. Probably not an eighty to three hundred. Yeah, yeah. So that's nice. Uh, so that forty to awesome, one. Awesome and it's a constant. Is that a constant f two eight all the way through the range? Yeah, baby. Oh, yes, nice. Nice. Uh, virtually f two eight, Derek. That's f two eight at at one fifty. Yes. <laughs> Lee, what? Yes. Yes. How is that even possible? <laughs> Yes, wow. it is. With with virtually no vignetting and uh, very little distortion. Only flaw I could find: a little bit of CA uh, in the corners. Uh, you know, in those situations, chromatic aberration. Uh, you know, when you got like a tree branch in the corner uh, against the right sky. Yeah. I, I saw a little fringy. That was it. That was about the only only dinger I had on it. No, were you were you testing that, or did you purchase that? I'm testing it. I have to send it back. Uh oh. Uh, what do you think? Are you going to get one? I don't know. Here's the thing. You know you know me. I'm in two worlds, right? Usually if I'm shooting a big hunk of glass, I'm, I'm, I pull out my Canon gear, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, so on my mirrorless world, I'm usually much lighter than that uh, lens. Uh, so it, that's, I usually don't go down that road, but there's a lot of mirrorless shooters who are using mirrorless for everything. They're not using DSLR. And uh, for those guys... I mean, this is a heck of a lens, especially yeah. for sporting events and stuff. Yeah. So, nice. so many options. I love it. You know, both on the DSLR side and and on the mirrorless side. It's a. I think 2015, 2016 is going to just be an insanely cool time for all of these. You know, just to see what happens on the DSLR side, to see the innovations that happen and unfold on the mirrorless side, to see what happens on the drone side. I mean. It, all this cool stuff, and you know, even with the home automation, I want to connect drones to my home automation system. You know, <laughs> yeah. I want to be Derek. I want to be in Vegas at some trade show and be able to pull out my iPhone and say, "Okay, drone, do a virtual flyover of my house to make sure it's you know safe, and then have it land on its perch again." You know, no, yeah, we're, we're we're like right there, right, we're right. Serious. It can and, and, like right if, there. and if your house is not safe, Frederick, you launch. Uh, IMCB right at your house to kill the robber. <laughs> You'll blow up your house as well, but you know there the you robber go. will be stopped. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. or electrify the door locks and all that. Stuff. <laughs> so Lucas, Lucas, this is yeah. your first your first what? pick of the week Crazy. for this week in photo. The drum roll is on. What did what Lucas am I pass choose? for? I don't know. Um, could I be so brazen as to have two picks of the week? Oh, the answer is yes. Okay, here we go. Yes, My you can. My first go pick of the week is one Frederick Van Johnson for having me on This Week in Photo. First time I, ever. 
I have been listening to This Week in Photo ever since I bought a camera, ever since I started, ever since I started to really consider photography as a as a career, a viable career. I've been listening to you for five years. It is nuts that I'm on this show, much less giving you a pick of the week right now, which is you. And for and ladies, I met Frederick in person. Ladies, Frederick is a tall drink of water. That's a very nice uh, swat, you know. So, uh, you know, maybe check out uh, hey, you know what? You know what? I, if I could blush, I would be blushing right now. <laughs> but, but seriously, Frederick, thank you so much. It is kind of a weird, surreal thing to be on the show. It's crazy. Oh, you're um, welcome, man. You're totally welcome. Thank you for coming on. Of course, anytime. And my second pick of the week is is something we've all heard of, but is going to be my personal pick, which is the uh, editing and raw processing software program Capture One. Um, right now, Capture One is uh, offering you. They just came up with a brand new update, and you can download it for two months, sixty day free trial, full full program. Mm-hmm. Um, my trial ends in like a day, so I, uh, I I've been trying it out, and and the bad news is. Uh, for you Lightroom users, for your for you uh, Adobe Bridge slash um, uh, Camera Raw users, it is a bit. It take, there's definitely a learning curve. There is um, there is a bit. Uh, wh- why does this thing take me two things to do, two clicks to do in Capture One, and only takes me one in in, in Lightroom? Yeah. Right now, I can burn through a, a test shoot, you know, in an hour. As far as like selection and basic raw processing, the the selects Capture One. I'm it's it's not. It's not really that easy, but with a quick YouTube search, there's plenty of uh, videos, both amateur and professional, that kind of you, that you. Hey, I can't find the layers. You know, I can't find the um, the adjustment brush. You, you, like you, you'll be able to get through it. Um, so why? So my question would be, um, and I I haven't tried Capture One yet, and if they've got two months for free, I'm definitely going to give it a shot and and put it on my Mac. But why? Why would if I'm if I'm happy with Lightroom and Photoshop, and I am being held hostage by the Creative Cloud right now anyway, yeah. why yeah. why would I consider using Capture One? I mean, is it, what's better about it? There's two answers. One's a, one's a shorter answer, which is, in my industry, that is the fashion slash commercial fashion, et cetera, uh, industry. Capture One is the absolute industry standard, bar none. If you, in but any, what industry, though? What industry? Oh, sorry, fashion, fashion photography. Fashion, okay. fashion uh, like, so any Digitech on set, you're going to be tethering to a Capture One program. Uh, any kind, of, anyone who, any a retou- professional retouching house is going to be using Capture One as its as its kind of base program to process the raw and then go back and make even more adjustments after you close it in Photoshop. So it's the professional fashion photography industry standard. Just period. Um, it also blows Lightroom away right now as far as te- tethering uh, reliability and speed. It just it just is. It's awesome. Um, on the, on the other hand, uh, on the other hand, um, because you know I'm still I'm not like some huge fashion photographer or anything. So what do I need it for? I will say, may, I will say, okay, maybe it's a placebo, but I it just there's some math going on. There's some algorithm that it just is able to really stretch out and maximize the raw files that that I'm capturing right now in my Canon 5D Mark III. It out of the can, just with a few tweaks, like bare, some, just barely some global adjustments, all of a sudden my photos are like, oh, this is what they're supposed to look like all along. Like, it looks, I don't know what it is. It's like, I'm sure, I wish I could understand it at a technical level, but like, it just does a better job of, of right now at least, of uh, maximizing your raw. And, and it just has this look to it, that Capture One kind of look to it, that like, 
I'll look at a, like a simple test shoot. I'm like, if with a little bit more knowledge and a little bit more savviness, I can push this image, and I can come making, I can make it pretty close to something you'd see, you know, in, in any given fashion magazine. And that's just me spending an hour with it. It's like, I don't know, I don't know how it. Maybe it's, a, I think it's a little bit more contrasty by nature, but it's colors, the way, like when I, I, I shoot with a Canon, and uh, the Canon files in Lightroom, or sorry, yeah, Lightroom, just they come out kind of orangey. I always have to like this natively. I always have to shift the hue to like red hues, like plus 45. It just kind of looks. Kind of over. Uh, there's a lot of like kind of tweaking you've got to do in Lightroom. Despite it being fast, I've got to I've got to kind of recalibrate the profile. And what is, is what is what does Capture One run like once the trial is over? How much? Yeah, is it? The, 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 I think it's two ninety nine to buy the program outright, or you can or you can subscribe to it uh, for ten bucks a month. Oh. So it, it's kind of following the Adobe uh, kind of subscription model. The difference is, is for ten bucks a month, you kind of only get Capture One. For ten bucks a month or twenty bucks a month for the photography package and Creative Cloud, you get Bridge, Lightroom, Photoshop, you get everything, a couple other yeah. things. Yeah. So, so you know, but again, it's the industry standard in in, in my field. Um, it's a good thing to know because when you're when you're talking to your Digitex on set and you're shooting, you should kind of know where things are and, and how to and how to like um, instruct them to adjust it. Um, yeah. And again, as far as tethering goes, if you if you tether. You, it's it's it does I mean it crashes once in a while but it's nothing like Lightroom. Lightroom for me crashes left and right, stalls, uh, freezes. Capture One it, it's just fast and it, and it just works. That's, so uh, it, that's it's, on my list. Yeah. I will be, yeah, I I'll think, be yeah. downloading and playing with that this evening. So yeah, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna spring for the subscription at least right now. Um, and uh, you know because my trial's almost up. So yeah. Derek, so we'll have, see, you, but, have you played with that at all, Derek? Have you played with uh, Capture One? Yeah, it's it's terrific. It really is. It yeah. is. Uh, I, I I don't use this my everyday, uh, but uh, I've and, had. I mean, if it's that terrific, and I know, see, you're you you're an educator on Aperture, or you know what was Aperture and Lightroom and iPhoto. Right. So you're you're an expert right. on these 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 apps. Where does Capture One fall in that? And because you're, you're I mean, you speak and you educate consumers mostly, right? So where does is it yeah. is Capture One a tool that consumers should be considering, or is it more for the pro fashion crowd? I, I consider it more pro. Uh, I'd throw DxO in there too. I like DxO mm -hmm. also. Yeah, um, but uh, I, I think it's more of a pro tool, and that, that's generally. And I think you know where it's really strong is what Lucas was talking about is for tethering. It's fantastic. Really? <laughs> you know, for so sure. if you're if you're in a if you're in a tethering situation and you're shooting raw with a you know compatible camera, eh, it's pretty pretty good stuff. But I think uh, most enthusiasts, uh, you know, they uh, they have a broader field. I think Lucas brought up one point that's good, though, uh, in all that. In addition to all that, is uh, you know how does a particular application decode your raw files mm -hmm. initially? I think that's that's a big deal because it's really quite different. And I mean, one of the reasons why I like uh, DxO uh, for uh, for my Canons is I I like the way it it. it decodes those raw files, you know, and yeah. I've always liked the way Aperture decodes my Canon files too. So yeah. I, I, I think, you know, it really, I think looking for an application that decodes the raw files of the cameras that you shoot with is uh, time well spent. Yeah. I, uh, and I, again, I wish I understood the math better, uh, but I, I don't think it's in my mind there is a definite difference between, like, <laughs> my is. raw file in Lightroom and my, my raw file in Capture One, and for what I do, that look 
right out of the gate and capture one, it's 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 for me, man. It's tops. Right. So I think right. I'm. I think I'm, I'm gonna, gonna try it out. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna try it out this evening and see if I can. Uh, you know, hopefully it'll work with the raw files I throw at it, but we'll see if I can <laughs> yeah. if I can see yeah. that difference that you guys are talking about. Yeah. It sounds sounds compelling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you you could run a test uh, where you do you don't do any global adjustments. You let it do the initial decode, save it out as a TIFF or whatever, mm -hmm. and then uh, put them side by side from the different apps and see what you think as yeah, a starting I'll do point. That. I will do that. All right, guys, my my pick of the week is, um, which Lucas has been so thankfully promoting throughout the show, is our <laughs> webinar series. You know, not just Lucas's, but we've got a bunch of webinars, as I mentioned at the top of the show, that we're going to be doing on hopefully a, about a weekly basis. Um, and you can, you know, without belaboring the point even further, you can check them all out at thisweekinphoto.com slash webinars, webinars or webinar singular, whatever, however you want to spell it. And it'll take you to the right spot, and you'll see all of our webinars there. All right, folks, Very we are cool. at the end. We're at the end of another episode of This Week in Photo. I want to thank our sponsors for their support of this show. That's our friends at FreshBooks.com and at Lynda.com. Lucas Passmore, where can people go to uh, check out some of those fashion-y images that you fashion create all the time? Images. You can certainly go to my website, uh, LucasPassmore.com. Uh, I will say, though, that my uh, my blog, which is my Tumblr, which is LucasPassmore.com, Tumblr.com is where I'm a lot more active. It's where I, I, I blog. Where really I respond to it. It's more like Q&A. Uh, and I, I post all my B-rolls, all my kind of like tiny little model test shoots that's just me and the model or just something small, nothing submitted, just, just to play around. Um, Instagram, which is uh, all the rage kids, is at uh, Lucas Passmore. And uh, Facebook is uh, Lucas Passmore. Um, dot Facebook. Uh, wait, no. Facebook, that Lucas Passmore photo, or whatever. You can find yeah, it. We'll link to it. We'll link it. Yeah. We'll link over to it. Perfect. Awesome. <laughs> I'm so glad that the days, you know, I know a lot of people are, are, are burdened by this, but I'm glad people are using their names for their social media presences instead of, like, you know, Derek's story and your birthday, you know, that stuff like that. I, I yeah. love to see when people brand themselves with their names because, you know, very rarely do you regret doing that. So. Yeah. So, Derek, Derek Story, where can people go to connect with you? Uh, everything goes to thedigitalstory.com. So, Facebook, Instagram, hello. Uh, it all, it, it all, uh, it all goes through there. <laughs> are you, are you pretty active on Instagram now, Derek? Instagram, I love Instagram. Yeah. And and I'm trying to, I'm trying to get a rhythm with uh, Ello too. So. Yeah, I need to get back in there. It's just so much, so much to yeah. do. Oh in, in, especially for photographers, I know we're wrapping up, but real quick, it's worth hitting again. Instagram is very valuable for photographers. I know we're resistant to, you know, because it's mainly kind of geared towards uh, younger kids, and it's uh, like on the heels of the Facebook giants and, you know, previous social media things. Um, it's, it's very active. A lot of uh, people find me through Instagram. I've definitely booked real, like real brands, real jobs through Instagram. So Whoa. it's a very, very valuable uh, marketing tool. For sure. And by the way, like all, all, you know, your clients are on Instagram. You need to be too. So, yeah. um, so, so don't, don't, don't uh, forego that. You're missing out. I'm doubling down on Instagram in 2015. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm right there behind you. All right, folks. And if you want to check out the Twip website, of course, you know where to go. It's at thisweekinphoto.com. And with that, it's time to take that lens cap off.
Second Photo is a PixelCore.tv production produced by Suzanne Llewellyn with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar.